0: Don't stop firing! I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green. Like, literally green. My last nav check put me on the range point four. This is Control. Be radio. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency.
1: Six and and you're tuned to the Guard Frequency. As all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 51, and was recorded on December 20th and made available for download December 23rd at guardfrequency.com. I'm Lennon.
0: I'm Jeff, and I'm Tony. So, what do we have this week, Tony? In this week's Squawk Box, there's a certain satellite that's not stone dead. It's feeling much better, ready to go for a walk. In CIG News, we bring you everything that's happening around the UEE, including our weekly crowdfunding update, 10 for the Chairman, episode 48. And we discuss the latest uh, patch notes for this little game called Arena Commander. And this week's Nuggets for Nuggets, we tell you about signatures and why they matter. And finally, we tune into the feedback loop and let you join in the conversation. We've added a new feature to our website, guardfrequency.com, a Patreon
1: campaign button. We've got a variety of rewards and backer levels, but essentially, if you know what Kickstarter is, well, you're most of the way there with Patreon. Our donation button is still there, too so if you're a love him and leave him sort of listener then go ahead and click that of course we're happy to share our labour of love with you each week free of charge but it is nice to get the occasional concrete reminder that the folks out there in the verse love listening to the show as much as we love making it so we wish to thank the folks who have already chipped in and we hope that you consider
2: making a regular contribution because the more support we get the better show we can make that takes care of the housekeeping so let's get to the show and see what's coming through the squawk box do you boys need a carrier around here?
0: Uh, <laughs> Excuse me, saying open to the squawk box, everyone. I've got three words for you: zombie, space telescope. The Kepler planet finding telescope shut down in 2013 due to the failure of two of its four gyroscopes. Without three functioning gyroscopes, the telescope couldn't properly orient itself or maintain sufficient stability in order to image distant stars. But now, it has arisen from the grave. Engineers at NASA and Ball Aerospace devised a way to improvise a third gyroscope using the telescope's solar panels. As Kepler orbits the Earth, photonic pressure of sunlight is distributed evenly across its photovoltaic cells. This pressure provides sufficient force in a predictable direction four times per orbit, allowing Kepler to image specific portions of the sky. Not quite the panoramic view of old, but uh, zombies are supposed to be slower, right? Slower maybe, but still effective. Andrew Vanderberg, graduate student at the Harvard-Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics, went through the data collected by this new method and, meh, what do you know, found another planet. His observations were confirmed by an Earth-based telescope, making the first discovery of the K-2 mission 100% official. Just goes to show you, if you want to squeeze every last drop of science from damaged satellites, all you need are brains.
1: This is why you double tap. Double tap? Yeah, you know, you you, shoot once and then you shoot twice twice to make sure. Yes, that it yeah. truly
0: is dead. Well, they did. I mean, it had four gyroscopes and they killed two of them. I and, mean, you know, time and wear and tear and, and orbiting the Earth in extreme environments uh, killed two of the four gyroscopes. So they thought, oh, you've you, you done good, Kepler. You found us a bunch of uh, planet candidates. We're going to spend years going through the raw data looking for planets. And they thought, hey, good run. You did what you're supposed to do. And now it's coming back. I mean, it's still got more science to do, so it's, and it it's pretty another impressive. Planet. That's, that's yeah.
1: damn impressive. I, I mean, how old is the Kepler telescope in general? It's, uh, let's
0: see, it, it, it shut down in 2013. Well, when did it go up? The original mission length was designed to be three and a half years. So it, it did almost precisely a little bit more, you know, before it looks like it went about four years. It went about four years. So it did exactly what it was designed to do, and they said, good job, Kepler, you've given us more than enough data to go through. Kepler says, oh, you want some more? I feel much better! <laughs> it's just I a flesh go wound. go for a walk. It's just a flesh wound. And so, uh, yeah, congratulations to uh, NASA and uh, to Andrew Vandenberg, uh, bringing new life from a once-dead mission and uh, uh, squeezing some more science out of it. Well done. Have you read, seen, or heard something that you think is interesting to other citizens or civilians? Send an email to squawk at cardfrequency.com. But now let's check out some CIG news.
2: 175 port bay hands on approach checker screen call
0: the ball. Don't get taken with me. Our crowdfunding update for December 20th, 2014, 67,489,000, another million in the jackpot. Who will you pick the lucky numbers this week? Oh wait, sorry, wrong copy. Uh the live stream sale did its job with another lot of fifty Idrises, another wave of cheap auroras, and fifteen more revamped completionist packs leading the charge. 690,000 plus citizens and 563,000 members of the UEE. Another 9,000 jump in citizens and a 13K jump in UEE ships. Well, that seemed to have gone well, that live stream sale.
1: Yeah, I'm partially responsible for this.
0: Uh Not the whole thing. Uh
1: Um, So you know how I've gone on time and time again about how the Mustang looks stupid and how it's a ridiculous ship. And then you know about the time when I went and bought one.
0: Um, Oh, you did. You did not. I did. Oh, my God.
1: I caved. I bought the Mustang Beta. You were my hero at one time. Yeah, well, (laughs) you know what, Jeff? This is the real world, and heroes let you down all the time, so just.
0: It's about time you found out, Jeff. Yeah, you know, yeah to be honest. You're about at to collect like social security kind of, uh... <laughs> checks here in a couple of years. It's about time you found out that Lennon is not anyone to be followed. He's not someone to model yourself after. Um,
2: but
1: <laughs> the thing that really actually sold it to me, no pun intended, was actually the price. It was cheap. So I think it was $40. I felt like it was a ship I could actually purchase and not feel too guilty about, despite the fact it looks
2: ridiculous. I just want to crash it into something. Oh, okay. Well, you know. Ten for the Chairman episode 48 has been released, where Chris takes ten questions for the subscribers and gives us the answers that only the man on top can. This week, one in particular question caught our attention. Citizen Rex asks, Will a comms officer be able to scan for and listen to other players or NPC ships to ship or EBA communications over various frequencies? And Chris essentially says that yes. That will be a player or NPC role on bigger ships.
1: Well, see, this was the kind of what I was thinking about, is that with, you know, we've got a guild, we've got our own team speak, we tend to chat in it. Who the heck is going to use an in-game comm system if there's the chance that everything could be intercepted?
0: Yeah, nobody. It's will have a bigger impact against NPC opponents. Those menu communications, like, you know, press one to talk to your wingman, press two for intercept, press three for escort, you know.
2: It'll be a bigger deal that way. I'm hoping that there will be a bigger impact on this than I I think we're all thinking. I I love TeamSpeak. I love chatting with my friends. But if the radio system, if I've got my headset with my mic on right now, if the in-game communication system is as good as a TeamSpeak, for example, and I'll use TeamSpeak as the baseline, then I can see a lot of people using it and our channels will be set up as frequencies. I'm really hoping on the PU side of things that it will have some thought and consideration into how they're going to implement such a radio system. It's gonna have to. It's gonna have to offer some pretty
0: hefty advantages over a Teamspeak channel, the, because the chance of it being intercepted and your communications being, you know, sort of, uh, you know, quote hacked into or whatever. That's a steep price to pay. And you can just sidestep it by using free software that has low overhead. It doesn't take much CPU uh, cycles or memory space to to run a TeamSpeak uh, session at the same time as a game. Everybody does it with every other
2: game. Yes, so we all know how difficult it is to get an in-game event or a person that we want to chat with all set up to log into a TeamSpeak. You would have
0: to offer a tactical advantage to offset the tactical risk you're taking by having interceptable communications. Some sort of incentive to make it acceptable to take the risk. That's what they need to think about. One of the interesting tidbits to come out of the introduction to Ten for the Chairman was that a lot of production of Star Citizen and Squadron 42 has moved to Manchester to take advantage of some generous credits offered by Her Majesty's Imperial Collectors of Sovereign Taxation and Castle Maintenance. I know what you're thinking. Tony this is the least interesting thing I've ever heard on Ten for the Chairman. Stay with me here. Later in the week, a certain former CIG employee, who we will refer to by the pseudonym Derek Wingamanga Schmiderson, liked a YouTube video that was critical of CIG's development and operations. Well, turns out that the like was a fat finger accident intended to be a dislike. But One of the points made by the YouTuber in question was that CIG had broken faith with its backers By accepting money from Her Majesty's Treasury. As we all know, no investor or government gives money without strings attached. So I did my research. Turns out that CIG might indeed have sold us down the river. In return for tax credits worth up to 25% of the cost of production of the game, CIG is required by the British Film Institute to, and I am not making this up, make the game British. Yes! What? Scandal! I know. I know. But the real question is, was the game already British, or did CIG change the game to make it British and qualify for the credits? Well, fortunately for us here at Guard Frequency, we have both the cultural test summary and a supremely qualified judge of British culture, Mr. Lennon Rich. Everyone, a round of applause, Ooh. please. All right, all right. So, Jeff, Unrelevant. you have a piece of paper and a pencil here? Yeah. Hang on, let me. Uh... Good, good.
2: Let, let me get. Uh...
0: So, Jeff, I have the test right here. If you okay. score. I'll I will read the qualifications Lenin will reward the appropriate number of points And if you keep track of those And we'll see if the game is indeed British All right. okay. Are you ready for this? Okay, here we go We're going to do some preliminaries here And I think the answers to these first few are are pretty self-explanatory uh, One of the three lead project leaders is a EEA citizen or resident And I'm assuming EEA is English something or other
1: European Economic Area
0: there we go. It's basically so the
1: of, EU plus Scandinavia.
0: So there we go. So uh, one of the three leaders of the project is British.
1: Yeah. True please. or false? Okay. Well, Erin's a citizen, so
0: yeah. There we go. Okay. All right. So that will be one point, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Okay. One of the three lead scriptwriters is an EEA citizen or resident.
1: Uh, that would probably be Erin again, so yes.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. Right. One of the three lead composers is an EEA citizen or resident. Is that
2: Wait. Is that one point?
0: Oh, yeah, one point, one point. Mm-hmm. Okay. The composer is uh, Pedro Camacho, I think? Yes. Yeah. Is he Argentine?
1: Um, is he moved to the Falklands, close enough. <laughs>
0: okay. All right. Well, well, we'll give him the point. We'll give him the point. <laughs> one of the three lead artists is an EEA citizen. Well, there's somebody at Manchester doing art. There will be.
1: Well, there are because okay. that's where you get all the gladius and all that lot come from. The ship yeah, 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 Star, yeah, so yeah. Yes. Yeah. One here, of the will is be. Is that a
0: point? Yes. Well, that's a point. That's a point. One of the three lead programmers is an EEA citizen or resident. Uh,
1: Yes, because that would be Aaron again. There
0: you go. One of the three lead designers is an EEA citizen or resident.
1: Uh, Squadron 42 design, yes.
0: Sure. Okay. Uh, One of the seven key HODs is an EEA citizen or resident. I think HOD stands for heads of development. Heads of department, but yes. Heads of department. Okay. There we go. There will be several. That's another point. So, and at least fifty percent of the development team are EEA citizens or residents. I think here they they fall short. Yes, because they have got Austin, so. they've got, uh, and even if they count the other offices as you know uh, contract work and not internal, mm. I don't think we can give them that point. I don't know if we can.
2: Mm,
1: probably not
0: drop a point there okay so this these these are going to be trickier and these are a little more uh, culturally sensitive so this is worth a possible two points at least 50 percent of the conceptual development or storyboarding or programming or design takes place in the uk i'm gonna Just go me? for
1: yes squadron 42 is half the project so uh, yes
0: how many points you're gonna give two points on that one yeah we'll give we'll give the full two on that one all right okay. full two on that one there 50 percent of the music recording or audio production or voice recording takes place in the uk this is worth one point you're, you're the judge. You're the judge, Mr. We're
1: going to err on the side of caution here. I'm going to say nil point. Uh, no uh,
0: points? That would be French for... Uh, no points. Okay. Okay. The, these last ones are the deciders. Okay? These are worth up to four points apiece. I'm going to need you to exercise discretion, Mr. Okay. Rich. Here we go. The video game represents or reflects British creativity, British heritage, or diversity.
1: There is nothing more British than invading sovereign star systems and claiming them for your own and establishing an empire. Four points.
2: (laughs) Okay.
0: God save the Queen, sir. All right. Uh, Here we go. Next four-point question. Original dialogue recorded mainly in English or in one of six UK indigenous languages. Yeah, you guys speak a variant of English, so yeah, we'll give you four points for that one. Merkin, okay. Okay. Merkin, Uh, yep. (laughs) All right, here we go. Uh, Another four-point question. Video game based on British subject matter or relates to an EEA state or underlying material?
2: Uh, Hmm. Once
0: again... Taking over sovereign star <laughs> systems
1: and uh, imposing imperial <laughs> laws—quite British. Um, it's a it's a it's a space video game based on the fall of an empire. I can't see how that wouldn't apply to pretty much anyone, really, because no, it's the EA state. Now, this depends on how far back in time you go, because the Roman Empire was basically the precursor to the European Union. Well, strictly mm. speaking, it was you know sort of. Eh. Either way, the idea of a unified Europe came from Mm. the Roman Empire. This game is based Mm. on the Roman Empire. Mm. You know, if you extend the game's timeline a good sort of thousand years, you might end up with space Brits. You're going to give them the four points? We'll give it two. We'll give it... Two. You know, it would be half a point if it was only one. But it's four, so that's two. See, I can math. All right. Yeah, you can math. Mm. You can math good.
0: And I appreciate your discretion. Well-reasoned, sir. Thank you. Two more questions to go. Here we go. Lead characters are British or EEA citizens or residents? Or our characters from an undetermined location? Ooh. Well, we know where they
1: are. They're in space. Fictional places. We've got... I know that we've got, like, New Beijing and all that lot. There's bound to be some sort of London-based landing location. I'm, I'm sure that there will be something of this of this sort in there. Or if not, we can give it to, from the undetermined location.
0: So, three? Three points. All right. all right. Okay. And finally, it's set in the UK or an EEA state... Or up to three points will be awarded for set in an undetermined location.
1: That's going to be worth the three again. Yeah, All right. I reckon so.
0: All right, Mister Scorpkeeper, if you would please okay. tally up the points and let me know how Six, uh, how many seven, you get. Eight. Twenty-five. All right, so twenty-five. All right. So with a score of twenty-five out of thirty-one possible points, Star Citizen is undeniably British. You only had to get 16 qualified as British. That's crazy. So the, we'll have the links to the the thing in the in the show notes. Link to the form of the show notes. They won't let me have the actual test. They'll only give you the summary. They won't let you have the actual test unless you are uh, already registered with the company house. Is that what it's called? Company's house.
1: Uh, yeah, company's house,
0: right. So I don't have the actual quiz, but I, this is the summary of the quiz. You know, Don't bother trying to get this tax credit unless you can get these points in order. So I don't think Star Citizen sold us out. I think this tax credit was there, and uh, they took advantage. So congratulations, everyone. Uh, we are going to be playing a very British video game.
1: Hang, hang on a minute. <laughs> Tony, do you smell that? No. Oh, you know what that is? That is the smell of victory, my
0: friend. No, it's not. No, it's not. It smells like macaroni and cheese. It is. No, it does not smell like macaroni and cheese. Lennon is the big winner, but I am going to put an asterisk on this one. Oh, I, you're gonna get an, you're gonna get your mac and cheese, but you're gonna get an asterisk. I'm gonna put a piece of paper in the box with a big magic marker asterisk <laughs> on the piece of paper. I, I know why, too. Hey, Jeff, you want you want to take a guess as to why I'm putting an asterisk on the win here? Well, it's kind of bloody work.
2: Yeah <laughs> Yeah,
0: you hit my objection more or less on the head, Jeff. Tony, I mean, I'm, I'm going to pull out the verbal terms and
1: conditions here now. <laughs> um, it, it, I clearly never said it would work. I said
2: it would be released. Technically, uh, technically uh. you are right, Lennon. But however, in the spirit of it, since we've had really good patches <laughs> up until this point, we will go with lawyer that's intent of the, what, yes, the, ta-
0: uh, the, the spirit, yes, yes. Yeah. The spirit so, of the agreement, yes. Okay. I'm I'm frustrated. I mean, I did get a chance to play it uh, I haven't, a little bit.
1: I haven't got in there at all.
0: And how come is that? And why is that, Lennon? Mostly because. It um, oh, look. it doesn't work. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It oh, wait. No, out. it
2: took so bloody long for me to download. It took 17 hours. It was released.
0: So you're going to get your mac and cheese, Lennon. But I agree with Jeff 100%. It really it was not ready for prime time. And again, we've we complained about it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the flip side of it. It is an alpha. It's to be expected. They are working on it. As of the time that we're recording this show, they're still, I think, rebooting the server every 30 minutes. People are getting in, not getting in. Hopefully, believe that they're going to keep working on this so that by the time you hear the show on Tuesday, maybe this will be all sorted out. But it's been a little rough so far. But once you're in, it's pretty cool. Release 1.0 brings with it a lot of new features, including new guns, new missiles, new ammo racks, and a new signature system. I have been very impressed with the signature system. We're going to talk about that more nuggets for nuggets. I also am kind of impressed with the new HUD. I kind of like it. It uh, it looks more like it's on your helmet now.
1: Yeah, I mean, Shiv managed to get in, and he sent me a, a couple of screenshots, and it looks good. It really does look good. I'm really excited to play. I've been trying so hard to get in, but just haven't hit the lucky time before the reboot hits.
0: So The window, yeah. Yeah,
1: unfortunately, all I can do is look at this list of changes and think, I bought a Mustang. Why did I
0: buy a Mustang? <laughs> well, we can talk about something Justin's very excited for. The friends list. Did you make a friends list, Yes.
2: Check? I did. Yes. 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 I, see? And we knew it was coming in. We knew it. We said it at the very beginning of our episodes, way back when we first started about it and talked about it. And it's here,
0: folks. You can access it from the RSI website. You don't have to get into the game. Add to your contacts list under My RSI. So, uh, yep, get in there and uh, build your friends list. There's the new lobby system. I fooled around with it just for a few seconds. No one that I had made a friend was able to make it online with me due to the aforementioned inability to connect and the gigantic patch it uh, took forever to download, so I wasn't able to personally make a match, but I did see the UI. It seemed pretty self-explanatory. I liked it. It looks like it's going to work for most people. Audio improvements across the board. I don't like the new laser gun sounds. They sounded like actual guns before, but now there's there's a lot more pew-pew. There's a lot uh, more, you know, this is a space game with the new laser right. sounds. Not, not a huge fan. Then all This is very important, though. There are fireworks at the end of the races now. Uh, yes! I did not... Yes, I, yeah, this is this is very clearly very important to some people. I did not actually race. I was only able to get in for a couple of single player van swarms, but fireworks. So you know when you are done crashing into things at the races. Did also, I mention I bought a Mustang? You did. Okay. And guess what? They released a Mustang commercial. Did the commercial entice you on it? No, actually,
1: inspired? I saw I saw the commercial afterwards, and I looked at it, and oh. genuinely was like one of the very few times with RSI that I've looked at it and thought, well, that's disappointing. Really Thank you. I was not a fan Thank of the you. Mustang commercial at all. I agree with Lenin. Yeah, it looked I'm going looked cheap. Go ahead. It looked like yeah. the, the CG of the guy just wasn't up to the scratch of the rest of them. I mean, there was a little bit of cheesiness inherent in the video anyway. That that was the style they were right. going for. But I think that whereas normally they go for a style to try and either pay homage to it or to do it in parody, and they, you know, they hit the nail on the head quite nicely. Like when they did the Constellation commercial, there was the whole 2001 Space Odyssey type thing yeah. going yeah. on. And that yeah. was brilliantly done and very well executed. This just kind of... It just seemed it was yeah they were just off on it and so I th- I thought the whole thing was just kind of a bit techy. and
0: okay yeah. okay okay let me twist your worldview just a tiny little bit here if you remember th- th- this might not mean so much for you Lennon but I bet Jeff will will pick up on this one do you remember back when uh, General Motors rolled out the
2: new Saturn brand oh yeah. That I think is what they were kind of going for. Oh my god! I, I, why? <laughs> well, I, it doesn't twist my skew on this. I, I mean, I, I
0: know. I, I I'll follow up with this. I liked the commercial for what it was doing. Like it was trying to do. The Saturn's tagline back then was a different kind of company, a different kind of car. I think that's uh, the vibe they were trying to go for back then. I mean, I, I sort of I sort of get that. I think if that was the angle, they hit it right on. But I also think that this this game is about ships and and blowing ships up and flying ships around really fast and you know I think the down homesy angle on it might not have been the exciting
2: thing that you want. To it's twenty four ninety. Game. Can't we get past the cheese?
0: No, no. no. And I th- and I think that's what the, I mean. Again, <laughs> I think that's what they're going for. It's a consumer driven culture, uh, an empire on the edge of collapse. You know, uh, decadent and all that other kind of stuff like late Roman Empire type things. So. I think that they were going for that, and I think they hit it. So I liked the commercial for that. Uh, I agree with you that I would have liked to see more flash and and uh, and drama, like you're saying, like the constellation commercial or the uh, the Cutlass was fun.
1: Clearly, I think what this demonstrates is that it doesn't translate well for international audiences. Which there you go. When your game is British. <clears throat> <laughs> um, speaking of uh, uh, all the stuff that's come out, though, have you guys seen the Pegasus escort carrier? I
0: don't like. You like? I don't like it. I don't yes,
1: I like. It. I mostly like. I just have one kind of random issue with it, which is that I don't know what to call it—the flight deck, the bridge, the uh, wherever the ship is going to be physically flown from. It seems to be the they took the front of a constellation and just jammed it on there, which. I can get behind that. It's to give it a profile, give it a shape. You know, on Star Trek, you always knew that the dome's in the center of the saucer section. That's where the bridge was. It was unmistakable. They might be going for something similar. But why position it so far over to the left of the ship? Well,
2: I think because it reminds me of our current aircraft carriers, where the bridge is not... In the center of the ship, it's off to one side. I think that's probably why, and I
0: mean, they're just trying to visually communicate to 21st century humans that this is an aircraft carrier. It can be asymmetrical because of uh, flight deck needs or whatever. It's a spaceship, so it doesn't really matter. The bridge could be like Battlestar Galactica. Hey, space carrier, right? The CIC was buried in the middle of the thing. You know, well-armored, well-protected. That's probably a more logical place to put a, the bridge of a combat vessel, but I think this is one of those gameplay versus immersion things that they made a trade-off. I, th- I think you're going to see that probably as a trend. I bet once the Bengal finally gets released, it's going to be a little more asymmetrical as well.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's uh, the thing as well. They renamed it, because this was originally the uh, Panther, yep. Yep. and now it's the Pegasus, and I'm kind of sad about that, because you also have yeah. the, the Puma, and it was a Jaguar. family of cats.
2: I feel like they stole the name from Battlestar Galactica since you mentioned it. Well, they probably did. Yeah. I mean, the ship kind of resembles a
1: Battlestar, doesn't it? It's got that long, elongated look to it with the big quad engines on it. So, Yeah. And lastly, on this whole release of stuff that's happened, uh, the Imagine trailer. Have you guys had a chance to look at that?
0: Oh, yeah. I, I did, and I stopped it once it started going into dubstep.
1: Uh, you're not a fan of the Wob wobble
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, it, it, the beginning of it was great i mean i thought hey this is really cool and then it just it's like uh, no it was just such a jarring transition i was like i'm really not going to listen to the rest of it.
1: the sort of the really cool thing about it it was imagine the trailer was actually a fan-made production that cig then took and thought yeah we can make this in engine and did a redoing of the fan-based trailer it was originally a fan production taken on by cig
2: so now it's time for news we didn't use We have no idea because RSI changed the website and removed all the old stuff from the home page. What's up with that? How are we supposed to relay the news we didn't use to our listeners when there's no stuff to relay? Well, that's what I was going to say. It's not strictly true. We do have a bit of an idea because Shiv has a glorious
1: auto-reddit posting script, and it managed to post a copy of everything that RSI had published to the Guard Frequency subreddit. And unfortunately, I only figured this out about 20 minutes before we went live to do the show, so I haven't had a chance to collate everything. I do think we've covered most of the news, though. But just in case you feel like that we may have missed something, I will put the full links to Every news item this week into the show notes. I haven't been able to get into Arena Commander version 1.0, so I think Tony is going to be the only one who can answer this question. Where the f is the yes. Avenger mission pack? uh
0: Well, the Avenger is in game now, it is flyable now, so uh, technically any mission with an Avenger in it would qualify, I think, for uh, inclusion in the Avenger mission pack. So I think we uh, have an answer to this question now. Okay. Um, so now we have to turn this around to the community. And ask this week's community question, what should we be demanding next? The first-person shooter, your favorite variant of your favorite ship, virtual Tylenol to use after a long night alone with your virtual liquor cabinet? Let us know. Send an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com or post on our show thread over at robertspaceindustries.com. The usual tenor of this question is, what have you been doing while waiting for other stuff, mm. while waiting to get connected to the server? actually bodily dangerous. Yay! Yep, I did. And uh, me and Elliot were fooling around with it uh, a little bit last night. We were flailing for about three hours. That's basically what we did. We flailed. We couldn't, like, figure out how to get a mission that we could all take and go together and then once we got a mission we all got pulled into three separate instances so we were fighting three different enemies not one single enemy I'm not giving up yet I mean because it has some fun stuff on. I did stick with it for three hours even though I wasn't getting anything done if that tells you anything
2: what'd you do last week Jeff Uh, Elite Dangerous, uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, more Dragon Age Inquisition. Okay, good list, good list. What, what, what were you up to?
1: I spent the entire week editing micro-shows to put out every single <laughs> night, so not a whole lot of anything. Um, but hopefully you guys managed to catch everything that we put out during the week. Uh, I did have a couple of other things that I was going to put up. So we put up the uh, the FOB Team Saga, um, a collection of preludes, the Tuesday show, obviously, and two sets of bloopers. We were going to do a collection of Nuggets for Nuggets, so I've got to apologize to Shiv that I haven't managed to get this out yet, but due to some stupidity on my part I managed to erase about four hours worth of work at which point I promptly threw my toys out the pram and went and grabbed a coffee and just gave up on life at that point so but yeah other and than probably, that, for the best. probably for the best probably for the best <laughs> yep so just lots and lots of guard frequency editing but it was fun looking back over
0: our old stuff definitely oh the bloopers were great you, you really the, there, uh, there were some gems in those there really and
1: Mikey's those. Uh, Mikey the assistant audio engineer the, the brag reel <laughs> I feel like I'm qualified to talk about astrophysics <laughs>
0: I'm from Kansas yeah. you know. man I'm good alright well now that we're caught up with the latest in CIG news it's time to learn all about the signature system in Nuggets for Nuggets you have all flown before but you're about to enter a whole new world so pay attention that means get on your feet Nuggets
1: Greetings, Sits and Sips, and welcome to Nuggets for Nuggets, where we like to delve deep inside the universe of Star Citizen and give you all the details from the inside out. A fair warning up front, though, this game is still in active development, and so everything that we say is subject to change. And this week,
0: we look at the Signature System. With the release of Arena Commander 1.0, the Signature System has come online.
2: Objects in space generate various amounts of noise. But this isn't that kind of noise you hear in your ears, because, as we all know, in space, no one can hear you scream. It's electromagnetic noise, and as it turns out, the deep black is full of it. First, there's the cosmic background radiation left over from the Big Bang, pulsars, quasars, and black holes, and then add in the electromagnetic pulses from the terraforming beam or a burning heat of a broken moon. Space is full of noise, and among all that, you need to find the signal. And you can't stop the signal. Well actually you can.
1: If you generate less noise than the ambient noise of the system in which you are flying, or at least enough that the enemy's radar can't pick you out from the noise, well then you're essentially invisible. This is called your signal-to-noise ratio, or SNR. In addition to a heat and electromagnetic signal, your ship also has a cross-section. This is how much you're able to be seen in the visual spectrum, so a vandal scythe coming head-on is small and quite difficult to see. The broadside of a freelancer, however, uh, you know, quite a much larger cross-section. Or a thing
0: All these signals can be occluded by other objects in space, such as asteroids or space junk between two ships. There are, of course, flares and chaff countermeasures, too. Chaff scatters EM signals and makes it hard for scanners to see through the cloud of chaff, whether it's a player or a missile looking for you. In addition, if you were to try to look out of a cloud of chaff, you couldn't see anything on the EM
2: spectrum. Flares generate heat that try to fool missiles into breaking away and following the flare and not you. The new system will also tell you what kind of missiles are on your trail, so you know which countermeasures to launch. You will also have displays that show your current EM and IR signatures. The higher they are, the more likely a missile of that type will hit you. There are also similar displays for a target, so you know which missile type to fire. You will also see a cross-section signature you have on the target. And lastly, there is also
1: the environment that you can use to your advantage. Hiding behind a giant asteroid will tend to block a lot of your signals, as will flying into a cosmic storm. You can do this to try to escape, or alternatively, you could fly in there purposely and lay in wait and try to get the drop on a passing enemy. The equipment that you use on your ship also matters, as different systems will have more or less power usage, which will raise or lower your em signal how well your equipment dissipates heat determines how soon your infrared signature takes to drop off after firing guns or turning off your thrusters so yeah out of everything that's come out of the recent arena commander 1.0 patch this is what i'm most looking forward to playing around with
0: if i was able to log in i have been able to log in and see it in action would you like to know what it's like i would love to lay it on me thick. it's kind of cool that's about all i got it's kind of cool oh okay yeah. It is kind of fun to – It's well, not fun. It's a little nerve-wracking to be flying around uh, and then uh, trying to track a target on your radar screen, and then the blip disappears, and then you look out the window and you go, oh, of course, there's a big freaking rock in my way now. You know, I, I, I was, The thing was over-off in that direction, but right now in that direction, there's a rock, so I can't see what's behind it anymore. So it does make playing hide-and-seek a little more um, uh, valuable uh, because now you, you can't be tracked on the radar or visually. Uh, I did watch a van try to play hide and seek in the rocks and then plow into one so that was kind of cool too <laughs> uh, so that was uh so it, it, there's trade-offs there's trade-offs to this kind of stuff okay, so the AI are actively using this as well I think so yeah yeah because uh, cool. there was a group that jumped you know the van dual jump in at a certain point and then they they tend to either move as a they tend to move as a pack toward the nearest target uh well I was coming in from another direction and a couple of them broke off and went into the asteroids. Uh, near me, so it was like aha. You know, they were they were they were trying to get uh, lost in the uh, in the clutter there. So one of them did okay with that maneuver, and the other one did not do okay. Uh, so uh, yeah, it looks like it's another dimension to the game. Also, I'm very interested to see uh, how the different missile types play off those signatures because up in the upper right hand corner where you have the uh, the target image, you know, the, the sort of 3D wire. Uh, frame of the target vessel. It's got three bars underneath it, IR, uh, EM, and uh, CS. So if you have a high cross-section but very little IR, you're going to want to select one of those uh, image recognition missile type rather than an infrared missile type. So uh, you know it'll, it'll, there's some strategy that's going to go into uh, selecting targets once this whole thing works, <laughs> once you're able to get in.
2: My onboard computer better be doing that for me, because when I'm in combat, I don't have time.
1: Ain't nobody got time for that.
2: <laughs> Sweet brown. <laughs> I, for one, uh, am interested in, in that
0: kind of depth of gameplay, because if you uh, have it, have if you're if you know where you're going, right? Let's say you know you're going to be jumping into a, a, an area with a lot of thermal background radiation, like a, a broken planet or whatever. You'll know that you don't want to take an infrared missile loadout because there's. A lot of noise and it'll be harder for the missile seeker head to pick out the signal. Uh, if you know you're going to be jumping into a place with uh, some sort of pulsar or ion storm or whatever, don't take something that looks for uh, a radar cross-section or an EM spectrum return. Take infrared. So I think that'll be hopefully there's some some strategy and some depth that'll go into your uh, your
2: mission loadouts uh, that will be uh, you know another
0: gameplay dimension.
2: Are you new to the verse and need a bit of advice? Is there a tidbit of lore some sit or Siv taught you that we all should know? Let us know by dropping us an email to squawk at But for now, let's tune into the feedback loop and let you join in on the conversation.
1: Okay, buddy,
0: what's on your mind?
1: We're all friendlies! So let's just be friendly!
0: Some say he adopts baby lovers and dresses them in fake fur coats. But all we know is that he's called the Shiv, and he put together this week's
2: feedback. From our show post over at GuardFrequency.com, Osteron writes, and congrats again on the anniversary, guys. The highlights of 2014 for me was the dogfighting module. Many of my friends were skeptical at best when I told them about the proposed fidelity of Star Citizen. And the reactions when I showed them the dogfighting module in action were wonderful. I expect 2015 to be the best of FPS. I expect most of the news, releases, updates, and additions will be focused on the FPS module and gameplay, with a clamor for new ships and hangars gradually morphing into clamoring for new FPS weapons and levels. I also anticipate violently explosive fights in the forums over Twitch versus Tactical FPS and which of them SC is or should be.
0: Interesting. Alright. Alright. Bold. Not, I'm not so sure that the FPS is just going to overshadow the space fighting so much. But I think it would be interesting if the community sort of splits into two camps, you know, the Marines and the Navy. I think that would be fun. You know, there would be a bunch of people that play Star Citizen for the first-person shooter module and a bunch of people that play the space dogfighting stuff, and they sort of form a little rivalry. I think that would be cool.
2: I don't know. I, you know, the whole addition of first-person really threw me at first. I do first-person shooters, I do them for the pure break of monotony. That I that is usually my gaming console. I am not a proficient Call of Duty or Battlefielder. You know, I'm not hardcore in any of those because people just take it way too seriously and so throwing in first person shooter into this kind of boggled my mind a little bit though i think the concept is rather cool i think what's going to happen though is that people are going to find out that this system is unlike any other system and it's not going to meet their expectations and i think they're just going to end up walking away from it for the most part well we'll see who's right Sean Newboy writes in and says, Congrats on finishing a year. Wonderful show, everyone. I hope everything works out with the VD and the ED. So say we all. Dillick writes in and says, Happy anniversary, guys. Merry Christmas. Arena Commander V1 is out. Enjoy.
0: From the RSI forum post, we get distemper. Hey, guys, love the show. For the most part, I think you guys are spot on, but can you please stop perpetuating the myth that you won't be able to log out if you don't have a bed in your ship? Ben has answered this many times over the past couple of months. He quotes something from the forums. I'll tackle this one. A bed will be a place to log off, but it won't be the only place to log off. You will never be forced to play Star Citizen forever because you have a ship without a bed. Happy face. Okay. Keep up the good work.
2: I, I don't okay. think we're perpetuating the myth
0: there. I don't. I, th- I don't think so either. And Ben's thing doesn't say that you can't log off. You can log off, but what are the consequences right. for it? Right. Exactly. You know, what's what? What is? What are the ramifications? Do you not make it to your destination? Do you go to the last place you took off? What happens if you log off in space without a bed? There's going to have to be some kind of advantage or difference, or else it wouldn't. It wouldn't matter. I'm. I i do not think we're perpetuating a myth here. We just want it nailed down. And they may not have designed it yet. So. We'll keep up the good work, but December, if, if, you, if, we, if we have a comprehensive bed system that we've missed, let's, we'll take a look at it.
1: Coming to us from our email at squawk at guardfrequency.com, Yellow Stag writes in and says, Hey fellas, love the show. In episode 45, there was some concern, concern, in the feedback loop about context expectations, feature creep, the funding tightrope, and keeping the backers excited. Some time has passed and I'm really interested as to how your concerns may have changed.
0: Well, I for one am scared, because right now the fate of the game rests in the hands of the British lottery buyers.
1: <laughs> Sorry, <sighs> I'll hope make I... sure that I go out and buy a lottery ticket. Um, I'm just, Please do. I'm just looking up episode 45, I'm just, uh, just dubla-checking. Okay, um, All right. Okay, yeah, so I was just looking that up, I think that was the one that we got accused of being really negative on, so I can, no problem. I can see why why he wants to know if our concerns have changed Mm. yeah i mean i think in the more recent months we've been seeing i I think we were going through a bit of a almost like a a a lull in exciting developments and very recently we've had a lot of the bigger changes the exciting developments you've got arena commander 0.9 0.9.2 0.9.2.2 and then 1.0 and i think that keeping a stream of releases like this is what keeps the backers excited rather than necessarily promising more ships through the stretch funding goals and I think that CIG have taken that on board as well because we've seen a change in direction in how they're handling the stretch goals and I'm fairly certain that that is as a result of you know running the the various polls for which ship should be next and so forth so i'm pleased with the changes that they've made and i think that as we said last year and we will discover in our next episode when we do our end of year review we said last mm-hmm. year that we thought 2014 was going to be a trying time for star citizen uh there were a few periods where yep uh, people were saying that we might have been a bit negative about the whole thing but i think overall it's been quite positive and with the release of arena commander 1.0 i'm more excited than i've ever been i bought a mustang not a mustang
2: Ugh. Oh, it's not a yeah, it's a we mosquito went... it's a little gnat it's gonna get <laughs> swatted out of the sky yeah, I, you know, we try very hard to be the voice of our community, and, and I know there's a lot of negative feelings out there when it comes to some of the things that RSI does, but there's a purpose for everything, I'm sure, whether it's uh, money is our big concern, like becoming British or, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, making all those ships and making them so expensive. I mean, you know, one thing we didn't cover in the show was the fact that they had fifteen fifteen thousand $15,000 packages up there, and they're all gone.
0: We mentioned it in the crowdfunding update, but, I mean, I'm
2: not terribly surprised, are you? I, I am not really surprised. Nice. I mean, there's a lot of people with, with the extra bling to, to spend on bling. Uh, it's just amazing that, you know, some of the people are just, <laughs> I mean,
0: wow, wow. Well, I, again, you know, as long as you approach it the, the way that we've talked about several times here, this is an entertainment product you're buying. You're buying a ringside seat to development. You're supporting a game genre. You know, a lot of your money is going to things like R&D for complex AI for uh, space fighters, R&D for uh, high uh, production motion cap facilities, uh, R&D for audio integration, persistent universe, uh, procedural generation, we're funding the next generation space sim genre, is what we're doing. A lot of other games are going to benefit from the research and development and boundary pushing that CIG is doing. Moon Collider is its own separate company. They're going to sell that Kythera system to other game companies at some point. So, I mean, it's more than just, you know, you're funding a game. You're funding a game genre.
2: Microsoft started selling DOS. You know, and and look where they are at today, and and developing DOS. They bought it from a Seattle company for like 25 grand. I, I truly believe that RSI will be a company that will have other aspects to it, other than Star Citizen, with all with all their development into this. You're you're absolutely correct, Tony. There, there's more to this than just giving us a persistent universe to you know spend four or five hours a day and ben the first first problem sanders writes in and says really love the carat concept and the constellation variants refresh but honestly i love the friendships i've made in the purse for 2015 i want my damn avenger mission pack trademark and arena commander 2.0 for multi-crew ship battles
0: well i think you've got your avenger mission pack i mean just go fly a mission with an avenger but yeah arena commander 2.0 multi-crew multi-vessel ships that'll be that's where it's at oh yeah from Twitter, at Guard Freak says, Bandit Loaf, that's uh, Mr. Ben Lesnick for the uninitiated, Bandit Loaf, James Pugh, can we put decals on missiles like on IR trackers? Mine would say, your aft is mine, to which we got a reply. Essentially, the feature you have listed to me will definitely be happening. Actually, what he said was, I love this idea. Also, it had me Googling pictures of World War II era decorated bombs on the in-flight Wi-Fi <laughs> so
1: someone's getting randomly selected.
0: We may get this thing in the game. Well, I think that's cool. That's a nice touch. Being able to put a de- slap a decal mm-hmm. on a bomb, you know, to send to the Vanduul. That's one of those little universe things, right? It just makes it feel lived in. I think it's cool.
2: Tabascoid writes in and says, "If mac and cheese is what I think it is, let's describe it as a challenge for the digestive system."
0: No, it's actually mac and cheese. I'm actually going to send Lin Mac and cheese yes. with an asterisk yeah. in it.
2: Then, through conversation, it came to light that the Tabascoid is an Arctic expeditionist and was once given canned mac and cheese by a British scientist. It tasted something strange. <laughs> it did. Canned mac and cheese? Oh, yes. Lennon, is this a thing? Yeah, it's...
1: Yeah, I'm afraid it is. And uh, oh. I know <laughs> just... Yes, I mean, sorry. Yes, that is the correct reaction. At Heinz mac and cheese in a can. Oh! Your parents will buy it for you once as a child, you will vomit, they will never buy you mac and cheese again. This is why mac and cheese is not popular over here, because we have such a disgusting variant, which is why when I went to Canada, and I tried craft Dinner, and I saw the light, and I just punched the microphone, yes. it is that exciting, and I saw the light, and just, Yeah. This is why yeah. I bet mac and cheese. Um, you'd get some of mine if you'd lost, by the way. Well, just to get that mental image out of my head, I'm going to move on. Um, <laughs> yes, Ken, please from, please. <laughs> Ken from Chicago writes in and says, So you finally know where the f*** the Avenger is. And mm. it's awesome that Robert Space Industries did a Star Citizen livestream for Guardfreaks' one-year anniversary. Well, that what was something. awfully kind of them to do so. It really was yes he then also follows on to say also you just want to hide the end space aliens using guard frequency to distract the meat from space travel that was (laughs) was one of my favorite preludes
2: yeah that was a lot of meat
1: yeah
0: yeah based off that uh, that old uh, science fiction story i Mm. like that one it
1: was good
2: and from our amazing donors of monetary goodness our latest patreons are jeffrey grant and admiral searle Searle pushed us over the $20 an episode mark so soon we'll have stickers yay stickers click on the giant p on the guard frequency page and become a patreon today also
0: want to give a special shout out to uh, first verse problems not only does he deliver bad puns but he also gave us a $50 straight donation for our 50th show so thank you uh, first wow
1: and a quick reminder of this week's community question what should we be demanding next is it the first-person shooter your favorite variant of ship maybe some virtual tylenol to use after a long night alone with your virtual liquor cabinet and for those of us that are british uh anadin that'll work send an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com or post on
0: our show's thread over at robertspaceindustries.com so how's the show Worked perfectly after download, or do we need a quick patch before the holiday break? Either way, let us know. Here are some ways you get in touch with us. Check out our forum post at forums.robertspaceindustries.com. Leave a comment
1: on this episode's show notes at guardfrequency.com, and you can subscribe to us, feeds.guardfrequency.com,
2: or just find us on iTunes. You can hit us up at Twitter at guardfreak, or start an argument on our Reddit, .reddit guardfreak.reddit.com. Leave a comment and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash guardfreak, And if you're old school like us, shoot an email to squawk at
0: guardfrequency.com. Your feedback is an important part of what we do, so take a minute, tell us what's on your mind.
1: That brings us to the end of episode 51 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 52 on December 30th, so be sure to keep an eye out for our shows over at guardfrequency.com or the official
2: Robert Space Industries fansite subforum. Please send us feedback about the show. Aside from all the ways we just ran down in the feedback loop, you can also use the contact form on our website, and all the details for all the ways you can get in touch with us can be found in the show notes. Do you like what we do? Want to come help us make the best damn Space Sim podcast ever? If so, send a note to squawk at
0: guardfrequency.com. And if you just can't get enough spaceship podcasting, why not check out our sister production, Priority One. They cover Star Trek Online and the greater Star Trek universe. Just go to priorityonepodcast.com.
2: Are you looking for our friendly wingman or two? Check out our organization, Guard Frequency Response, at the official RSI website, robertspaceindustries.com forward slash org forward slash guardfreak. And if you're not doing anything Saturday nights, then you should join us live over at guardfrequency.com forward slash live. We start recording around 8 p.m. Central, and that's Sundays at 2 a.m. GMT. Well we would like to thank the entire
1: team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager Justin Bean Lowmaster, our artist Simon and Edwards, and our assistant audio engineers Michael Duncan and James Skiffy Skifter. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass, and special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit for more of his work, including his newest release, Alphanumeric. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If there's no one listening out there, the beat black gets pretty lonely
0: thrust 10, two three three zero carrot one five squawk at seven seven zero zero stay on the ground
2: This week one particular question, qua- <laughs> <laughs> one t- question
0: quad one question quarter our attention quarter our <laughs> yeah. attention that's offered by Her Majesty's Imperial Collectors of Sovereign Taxation and Castle Maintenance. Castle I know what you're thinking. Yes, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, that's a real thing. I looked it up.
0: Okay, good.
2: Sorry, you guys are skyping out on me. Hold on. Okay, now I can hear you do dooting. Okay, must be better. Yeah, had do. dooting.
1: Who keeps on getting uh, messages and having things vibrate?
2: That would be me.
0: God, I am like wow. Well, the I'm, intro I'm, I'm went so smooth. You just and had then to find a way box. To yeah, I just, I did. Should, should, should we just like delete that whole thing and start all the way over again? Nah, it'll be fine. Oh, and sure let's see, let's see, you, let's see you sending me all these messages. Oh, that would be uh, that would be skiffy. It will be. Oh, that, oh, that would be you, Lennon. Shh. You are sending me messages telling me. Somebody's thing, is, some, some, somebody's, uh, thing is, is buzzing. Yeah, baby! <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't know if you're aware, Tony, but this is a group
0: thing. <laughs> yes. yes, it
1: uh, is. So it was a group message that I grouped <laughs> out. dude, no, it's not in the NASA oh, Go to the Kepler homepage. Kepler
0: homepage will have it. <laughs> so will Wikipedia. Let's see. Kepler can still find planets. Oh my god. They're fighting. Can you hear that?
1: Yeah, I can I hear something in the background there?
0: Oh, they're both. They're pissed at each other. What have they done? <laughs> the two cats are... Holy crap, it's like a wrestling match. I have a fat cat and a skinny cat, and the skinny cat is like jumping all over the fat cat. <laughs> in the red corner, weighing
1: 485 pounds, it's
2: Fat, fat Cat! Fat.
0: And in the blue corner, weighing just three. Skinny Cat lost. Short version, Skinny Cat lost. Well, of course it did. Suplex from up, bugger, and he'll be down. <laughs> Is this about how we can get autographs from famous persons of interest in the universe, like the Shiv? Why the heck would you want that?
1: Calm down, Jeff. This isn't that kind of signature. I mean radar signatures.
0: Wait, you mean you got something signed by the short guy from the old M.A.S.H. TV show? I bet even that guy could beat
1: up the shiv. No. Signatures like emissions. (laughs) Emissions. And how you can show up on an enemy's radar, and how missiles track you down and kick your aft.
0: Oh, right, of course. I was just making sure that you knew what you meant through the cloud of chat uh, somebody make some good radio while I fix this sentence here
1: tick, 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 tick. so a horse walks into the bar the bartender says why the long face the horse being a, a feral beast is unaware of its surroundings and bolts for the door I don't get it no, no me I just made it up why did Sarah fall off her bicycle because she was too young to ride it uh, no because she had no arms knock
0: knock Who's there? Not Sarah.
2: Hey,
0: Four scanners. Four we'll scanners. See That's a part. good typo. There we go. Keep it in. Four scanners.
2: <laughs>
0: it's, what, it's what makes a Roomba run correctly. <laughs> what's brown and sticky? A stick. A stick.
1: What's pink and fluffy? Yes, what's blue and fluffy? <laughs> no, pink fluff holding its
2: breath. That was terrible. <laughs> I know. I've got loads of them. They're just as bad. Tony, save us. Quit editing and speak. <laughs> I am
0: trying to. I didn't... Uh... What's red and bad for your teeth? Okay. Stop. You can do the punchline later. A brick. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. my god.